Tandem Nomads, episode 222. I think even if you feel like you don't have a lot of time, it's super important to, even if it's five minutes a day, to do something that's going to move you towards your dream. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Emel Teregi. Oh boy, time. Isn't that the one big issue that every single human being on earth must have? Not only when we have big dreams and are really busy, but even more when we're a mother, a stay-at-home mom, and on top of it, even solo parenting. So we're going to talk about that big challenge that a lot of you might experience with time management and specifically for mothers out there who are trying to juggle it all. I know how difficult it can be. And to talk about this topic, I want to introduce you to Rhoda Bangeter. Rhoda, are you ready for this? Yes. Ride? Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait for this conversation together. You've been so inspiring. And let me introduce you to Rhoda Nomad Nation. So Rhoda is the founder of A Multicultural Life. She's a certified coach for solo parenting moms and long distance marriages and the author of the book, Holding the Ford Abroad. She was raised in France with a Welsh dad, a Syrian Armenian mom, and is married to a Swiss man. Her husband has traveled abroad to work um, throughout almost their own marriage. And during those years, Rhoda had to be solo parenting while experimenting, experimenting all different solutions to be able to take care of her family, keep nurturing this relationship on long distance while making her dreams a reality. So we're going to talk about her inspiring journey and her tips as well. What has helped her? to make this happen. So Rhoda, this was just a quick overview of who you are. I'd love it if you could just give me a little bit more insight about your journey and, and, and how did that go regarding, you know, finding your own source of fulfillment for you? How did this journey come to life? Sure. Thank you so much, Amel, for having my, me. And my um, pleasure. Looking forward to this conversation too. Um, yeah, I worked, you know, in my 20s, I worked in uh, office management and HR. Um, actually, I trained as a teacher first and I was like, oh, no, you know. <laughs> um, uh, and then so, yeah, so then I worked in office management and HR, trained there uh, and then met my husband and continued working for a while. Um, and then um, he was just traveling a lot, traveling a lot. He was working as a humanitarian aid worker and I'd moved, just moved countries and it just got too much for me um, at that point. And I, I stopped working and uh, we had a little one by that point, um, a newborn. Um, so I stayed at home for quite a lot of years. I volunteered and um, did various projects and mainly raised our children and moved countries with my husband to follow his work. So... Yeah, and then what happened was we came back from New York and about five years ago and I had a bit of an identity crisis. The children were getting older and I was like, I need to do something that I'm passionate about and find my own, you know, find my own passion, my own 
work to do, something that can grow, but that can also work with us moving around a lot. So I actually found a coach um, and that's where I discovered, oh boy, I'm multicultural. <laughs> so that plays into identity. And I also, um, you know, started, um, I love the analogy between coaching and therapy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard it before, therapy is archaeology so you go digging in your past and coaching is architecture so you're building your future oh that's good and yeah so it was really about looking at how I wanted to to see my future how I saw my future and that's when it started coming together a little bit yeah okay. so I then I uh, it was so transformational for me that I I ended up becoming a coach <laughs> you ended up, exactly you ended up becoming yeah. a coach and embracing um, helping multicultural families exactly and and how did you come about along the way to then be interested specifically on solo parenting? Right. So um, a few years ago, my husband and I started talking about split locations, which is basically one of the partners going to live in another country for work. And I started um, asking questions um, and basically found loads of families who had done it or who have who were in the middle of doing it and there was a lot of advice and some of the advice was similar and I thought there's something here right that needs to be shared because it's helping us so much um and then the, around about the same time a friend of mine who they were both from the states and they had moved to Switzerland and she had made a comment you know, off the cuff, oh, uh, uh, my husband's travel feels so different now that we're abroad. And that got me thinking. And then the other thing that happened was I suddenly realized, you know, as we were discussing split locations, well, actually, we'd been doing it for 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I'd been, you know, solo parenting, and he'd been traveling for most of our marriage. So he basically did all the different frequencies. He did Monday to Friday, irregular travel, a couple of weeks at a time, emergency travel, you know, the lot. <laughs> and they all have their different sets of challenges and, 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 you know, pros and cons. Yeah, 15 years of solo parenting, basically. And we make the difference between solo parenting and single parenting, because right. you are in a relationship. So, Actually, before we go into the real topic of today, I would like, we have all, it's already difficult enough to find the space and the time and the commitment to be able to achieve our goals and already in the normal, usual life. But on yeah. top of it, when you're solo parenting with kids at home um, and, and also having also to maintain a relationship, right? That's also another yeah. part. It must be quite challenging. So for those who are, might not know, I'm sure if you're listening to Nomad Nation and you are solo parenting, I'm sure you already have an idea of that could be, but I would love to have a bit of a insight if you could share with us, what is it like? What are the challenges you have in terms of time and making yourself a priority when you're solo parenting? Yeah, um, I think it's what you said, you know, there's, there is a difference between being a single parent um, and a solo parent, even if it's a single parent with a partner still in the picture, you know, who's, where you're co-parenting. Um, some of the mums um, that, that I've spoken to, they mentioned that, for example, um, their single parent friends get a lot of, most, a lot of support. 
um, because their friends and family know that they're single parenting. Uh, sometimes the challenge is when you're solo parenting, people don't really know it, uh, that your partner's gone maybe 80% of the time. Um, and so it's, it's a little bit hidden, really. It's this hidden, hidden single parenting <laughs> um, that can be difficult. So you're carrying a lot of the, the, the daily responsibilities, um, but people aren't necessarily aware of it. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, Joanne Mutter, she wrote uh, her PhD on this and she, she calls it role overwhelm which then translate into role, translates into role ambiguity because when your partner comes back, it's like you have the, the roles change again. <laughs> mm. And it's like, uh, who's parenting now? Uh, which, which bit are you doing? And, uh, you know, so you're readjusting, which is another very common challenge. And um, so, yeah, so maybe when your partner's home, you might have more time. You might actually have less time. And then when they're gone, you might have more time or time at a different time, or you might have less time. It, it's just constant flux, constant flux of having a partner leaving, a partner coming back again, and this readjustment, and even for time readjustment, it can oh. change. So what do you, if, if, I'm, if I'm hearing this well, for me, what I see like a big challenge is the lack of stability, which makes it difficult to plan and to work on your goals and things like that. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, if your partner's irre ir traveling irregularly, that's my least favorite. It's much harder to plan time. Yeah. <laughs> you practically, I mean, uh, some moms have, have said to me, and I've done it myself, is, is you just, you've got to go ahead and just make your own schedule. Yeah. And then they have to kind of fit into that. You can't constantly be um, readjusting. You need some sort of stability. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, Rhoda, I've been watching your journey in the past months now. We've known each other for, for a while now, and it's been mm -hmm. very inspiring to watch you. And I've been watching you, first of all, develop your, working on developing your coaching skills and your coaching business, and then working on your research because you decided to do an extensive research on solo parenting yeah. and so that you could write your book and you actually wrote a whole book that you're launching now called holding the fort and God yeah. knows how much time just writing a book that consumes and how much commitment on top of everything else, knowing on top of it that you had two children to take care of solo parenting. Let's not forget the lockdown, the pandemic and so many other things that happen here. So can you tell us like, what has helped you be able to commit to your dreams and not give up on your dreams? I saw so much determination in you, but what, okay. what, what was, like, how did you manage to not give up? Okay. Ooh. Well, just to come back a little bit to your former question, and it answers a bit of this one about the mindset. Um, one of the things that I did over the last few years is, to be my own manager mm. um, because I think if you have an employer every year you get an appraisal you get you get asked what you want to do for training uh, you know or you're offered training or you've got you're talking about career advancement with your manager so I think it's important if you you don't have an employer to be your own manager and to be thinking okay what do I want to do where am I going um, you know, what training do I need? 
Um, and then the other mindset shift was counting myself in and saying, you know what? I mean, I'm supporting my husband in his career. It's okay for me to invest in my career. Um, and it's okay for it to take a little while to, to grow. Um, and it's going to mean investing in trainers, in training, in mentoring. Um, and it, and that's okay. But that was a mindset shift. <laughs> that's so important. So, yeah, to really invest time and money on, on, on those things. Yeah. And then what really helped me to keep going, I think, was finding what I was passionate about mm. and really narrowing it down. And I think that first conversation you and I had where there was lots of different things I was interested in, but really focusing it down and saying, okay, who am I going to serve exactly? You know, what is it that I'm actually passionate about? That kept me coming back to actually doing the work and finding the time and being committed to, to completing the book. Wow. Because I okay. felt... I did yeah, not know felt, that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, this is good. Telling you so, now, yeah. Just a background, Nomad Nation, yeah. Rhoda and I have been working together on developing her business. So that's basically what you're referring to, that first session that we had on narrowing down your target audience. And that yeah. has given you the clarity. Yeah, you because otherwise you waste time. You're working on 10, 15 different projects. You don't have a fixed goal necessarily or... Uh, community that you're serving and your the time that's so <laughs> precious is is actually not you know it's it's not being used properly so for me that was one of the keys then the second one was team really surrounding myself with um the right mentoring the right um support um, practical support, which was also a biggie for me because I'm the kind of person, you know, I was like, no, I should be doing it all by myself. Uh, but that wasn't helpful because otherwise you just work yourself into the ground. And um, getting a virtual assistant. Oh. So really focusing on what I really was passionate about, what brought me joy, and then trying to um, then delegating to her things that she could do that will help, that were supporting me really um the other thing that's really interesting is i've seen a lot on 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 social media and and in various various mo parenting moms have told me that you know but it's so difficult to find child care and it's like and it's true you know it's like i need to find child care i need to find child care but what what i've tried to do is to try and think outside the box for finding time you know maybe combining different chores so you know, <laughs> yeah, um, more like, you know, saying if I need to run an errand, okay, I'll do my 10 minute meditation walk before that. Uh, or I'll do my difficult phone call before that, then run my errand, then do, you know, a 10 minute meditation walk, that kind of thing. So I'm, 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 or if I need to take my kids out, okay, what do they love doing? What do I love doing? We'll do that not necessarily something that drains me and they love <laughs> oh. you know things like that trying trying to be smart in sort of um how to use the time you know what can be a teaching opportunity for them but can also save me time <laughs> that's <laughs> kind huge of that's super smart actually oh. yeah trying to be very smart intentional about this rather than 
I take away two things. The first one, I think it's your background from HR, where you, for me, that's really key. And it is valuable, whatever, whether you're solo parenting or you're just a solo entrepreneur and you have all the freedom, it is so important to be your own manager and, and take our own personal development and professional development as seriously as when we work in a company where you have an actual manager who helps you assess your skills, assess your development, and you have a budget for your own development and things like that. You've taken this as a business case. You're like, I'm my own manager and I'm going to set up the resources I need to reach my goals. Yeah, exactly. Because if, if, for example, you want to work in HR and you you have an employer, you, okay, I want to be a personnel assistant, then I want to get more training, become a personnel officer, then maybe a personnel manager, then head of HR. I don't know. You know, you have sometimes a career path in mind. I think it's harder when you're, what do you think, when you're a solo entrepreneur, um, maybe you have goals of maybe how you want your business to look. But I think personal development and saying, okay, what kind of training am I looking for? I think it's super important. And that's where the investment comes in as well. Mm. So how did you find that courage to invest? Because you did invest a lot of money. Can you list all the things you invested by any chance? Like, like not the um, amount, but the type of thing you I, invested Well, in. I invested in having a coach. Mm-hmm. I invested in the coaching training. And that's time and as well so as So life me. coach, coaching training... Um, I invested in um, a marketing coach, marketing marketing business coach. (laughs) Um, I invested in um, a writing coach. A writing coach. And what else? Various trainings along the way. Just trying to think now. And I invested in therapy. That's a big one. I think it's important. Yeah, for mental health because yeah. that was huge. Yeah. We will talk about that in a bit because I think that's important to discuss it as well. But so many areas and it refers, it reminds me of an episode that I did about building an army around you, building your right. support system. And I will, Nomad Nation, check it out in the show notes of this episode on tenemnomads.com slash 222. Uh, about how to create that support system, right? This is yeah. so, so important. And you're the living proof of that. And But I can imagine it must take a lot of courage to be able to make that investment when you don't make money yet and have that conversation with your partner about that investment. So is there anything you can help those who f- are on the fence of investing and are scared to invest? Um, how to make that decision in a smart way, but also get the courage to do it. Yeah. Um, I've got this acronym um, called SEEDS. Um, And so it's, it's about planting a seed, especially if you kind of feel like you've lost your identity along the way and you're trying to find it again. And so it's, it's about starting. So first you start something. Not, not anything, but something that you feel attracted to, that you feel passionate about. You just start maybe one, two, three things. Start little. Um, and then you explore those areas. So you start maybe if you join the PTA, look and see if there's a project you can lead or do their comms or, you know, something like that. Start exploring, just going a little bit more outside your comfort zone within that area. 
and then you eliminate. So everything you do, you do it um, on a temporary basis. So you start looking at what is it that I'm doing that's bringing me joy? What is it that I'm doing that isn't really going anywhere? And you start eliminating and then just picking the few that are really growing and that give you a lot of joy and that you see yourself investing in. Um, so then you um, develop that. You look at where you need mentoring, where you need training, um, you know, any further per personal development. And then the last S is the strategize. Mm -hmm. That's where you can do, in the book I put uh, as one of the appendix, appendices, I put a personal development plan, which is also for my HR background, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's a very simple one because there's lots of resources online, but I just wanted a simple one where you can put your achievements, what you're passionate about, your skills, um, and then what kind of training you need, and then have a date where you can review that. But that's that's where you're at a point, really, where you can invest and say, okay, I've done sort of the work of seeing what I'm passionate about and where I want to develop. Now I'm ready to really go look at training. And that's where, you know, I think if you don't have a lot of time, maybe you might be looking at a three to five year plan rather than a one year plan. But it's okay. It's okay because you're still getting there, right? And it'll help you along the way to see your progress and say, wow, you know, I'm in year two and I've achieved this and, and, um, and I've got this more to go and I'm excited about where I'm going. I love this acronym of SEED. So start, explore. Eliminate. Eliminate. Develop and strategize. Develop and strategize. I love it. And I do think that it is a great way to process through. And it is the natural process, right? We start to explore, we volunteer, we try things, and then we realize, okay, now it's time to focus. And that's what comes the time. If we want to strategize and we can't do it on our own, to start investing in getting the support we need and the expertise we need to, to reach that goal. And the second thing that you said for me that's huge is for those who don't have the time, usually when we don't have the time, we just drop it and we say, I'm going to wait for a better time. What I realize and I often tell my clients, there is actually never a perfect time. It never happens, especially yeah. if you're a global nomad. Yeah. And even with the kids, I see my clients, like when they're younger, they don't have the time, but then when they grow, they're telling me it's crazy. It's actually even more demanding as they grow. Yeah. Um, so, and you can't just wait until they're adults with a job to start taking care of your dreams. Otherwise you just lose it. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is, and I love that is you don't have to drop it all. It's better to have a, a long-term plan where you do small baby steps rather than like try to do it all at once. Yeah. Yeah. And it came out in a lot of the interviews that I did. Um, one of the moms, she said she signed up for like a writing course at 3am, you know, because she was just like, oh my word, I just need something for me. That's not breastfeeding or raising children. I need something. And it turned out it wasn't where she, she is now, but it was her, her beginning. But a lot of moms told me, you know, they doing a project for themselves and for their for the furthering their own career helped them a lot and it's life changing for them. Yeah. Wow. So it's at the beginning it might not necessarily be what you end up doing, but it's part of the journey of finding what you're going to be doing. 
This is so good. And how about the investment itself? Like the actual cash you need to take out? Like, did yeah. you have, do you have like a process to have that conversation with your partner to evaluate? Because obviously it's not a decision unless it's the case. Maybe not actually. It's not obvious, but I guess this is a conversation you had with your partner or what do you think about that actually? I'm, I'm curious to know. I think for me, it was a, um, just a mindset shift. It really was. Um, I think for many years, I felt like I wasn't earning money. And that was a problem for me because I am independent and I uh, wanted to earn my own money. And uh, we, you know, we were moving around. It wasn't always possible um, at the time. I wish I'd known now that it was possible. But at the time, I thought it wasn't possible. Um, and I think I just got to the point where I was like, hey, you know, this this partnership has got to work for me too, you know, and it's going to mean um, investing in, like I said, in my training and in, in a career and especially as well, you know, the children are sort of teens. You kind of think, okay, in eight years time, they're gone <laughs> or seven or five or whatever it is. Um, what, what, where do I want to be at that point? You know, what do I want to be doing? What do I want to be building for myself? What, to be, what do I want to be uh, working on? Yeah, and you're building those foundations for that. When you mm -hmm. have full time, you can then accelerate, but at least you're not starting from scratch. Exactly. Yes, and in the meantime, it's great as well. Yes. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm, I also wanted to, sh to show my kids, listen, it's possible. <laughs> Mommy can work <laughs> outside the home, you know? And um, I think Emily Rogers said that, right, when you interviewed her as well, that she wanted to show her girls that um, to be a, a working mom. And, and we have two boys, but I, I also wanted that as well. And say, and it's something that I've always wanted to do. So, Being a role yeah. model. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of which, I remember when we were working together how much effort you were putting into writing this book and the commitment you had like you were working on your marketing while writing this book and it was yeah. really interesting to see you in action sometimes during our sessions putting those boundaries and co communicating with your kids on your boundaries is there any tips right. that you have for that because I saw you in action how you were saying hey this is my time so how did you do that any tips you can share um no I think you just have to say this is my time <laughs> <laughs> No, what I used to do was um, because it is it is it gets very busy and we had quite a few challenges, um, health challenges and obviously COVID came in the middle. And um, like I said, you're constantly in flux. Um, but what I did was I rotated my evenings. So in the evenings, I would have three choices, chores, rest, chores, sleep or do my own thing. <laughs> And so I'd sort of rotate. So one evening, chores, not so much, but sleeping and working, I would like rotate so that I, I wouldn't be working every night. Um, but I would be like alternating. Yeah, to make it work. Yeah. And, also and I maybe also anticipating, I saw you telling them in advance, hey, this is, I'm going to be on a call. And I would like to not be disturbed during that time. Does that work? Yes, <laughs> yes it, it does. It really, really does. Yeah, and I and I, we homeschooled in, in I homeschooled in between. Um, no, it, it really does. I think for younger. Oh, well, the other tip I have <laughs> mm. 
is including the other parent. Oh, well, let's not forget that part. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge, huge one for me as well. Even with um, long distance? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I've said it over and over again. And, and uh, like I've said it in different panels that I've been in and, and different conversations. And uh, some moms have come back and said to me, it never occurred to me to include my partner in parenting when they're gone. Mm. How does and that like, look like? Well, for me, I, I realized one day that my default mindset was, my default thinking was, I, I got this, I'm parenting. Now my, my thinking is, is distance a good enough reason for him not to parent? This is so good. Is distance a good enough reason for him not to be involved in this parenting moment? So like our eldest asked for an iPhone. And I kind of bodged in and started sorting it out myself. And then I thought, wait, I mean, huh, my husband can be involved in this conversation. He can even take part of the decision. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, you can't force someone who doesn't want to be, right? That's a whole other conversation. But, you know, if they want to be involved and they're present, sometimes the challenge is this time difference or they're working long hours. So I think keeping them in the loop Um of what's going on, even if it's by a regular email or something like that. Um, so that you're not using all your phone conversations for that. But I think that also frees up time. One of the moms, she said, you know, every evening she would put her little one in a playpen. That might be a British word, but you know, in a play area, a secure play area, she next door, she would put, you know, the, the, the tablet and then the, Papa would read the book. Uh, for you know where, however long and then she would have a little bit of time or there's, there's lots of different ways that the dad can be like my husband does also does all sorts of reminders he can do he can do you know check homework projects he can help on homework assignments he can he can keep track of things I don't have to keep track of everything you know this he can so keep good. track of what they're doing and and if they're on top of it or not and you should learn those tips right in the book or like yeah there's it, lots yeah. more in the tip in the book yeah lots this is more. so good because you know what i'm realizing now that you're talking about this and how actually we should not forget that there's a partner here even if if he's far or she is far yeah they can be involved but what's interesting as you tell me this i have the sense that even those who are not solo parenting sometimes forget that their partner is part of this. It's not because the partner is working that they should not be involved in making the time for you to be able to do your work. That is so true. That is so true. And getting partnerships with friends, family. When you live abroad, it's harder to get a support network. But I think I've also learned this year to ask for help and receive help. And that's another thing. Um, Joanne Mutter in her PhD she um, asked um, the moms why they're not asking they were all reluctant to ask for help and the top reason was that they couldn't reciprocate mm. they just didn't have the time so if someone is helping me it's because I sometimes it's because I just don't have the time <laughs> so I I'll have even less time to then help them right if I'm really in a dire straits and so that's that that was an interesting one um, it's a big one uh, Rhoda yeah. I love that I never realized it when we don't ask for help 
it's because we're worried that we need to reciprocate and just can't do it. Sometimes, yeah. And what and do you want to say to those who think that way? What is what is the answer to that? I think I've realized that my friends give because they want to. Mm-hmm. And often I give because I want to, right? I want to help another person. They're my friend. I want to help. I want to be there for them. I'm not expecting reciprocity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think... T- talking to ourselves and saying that and saying, you know, I can thank them in a different way. I don't have to thank them necessarily um, in kind right then. I can thank them later. Um, I've also helped people and it's paying forward. Mm. People have helped me and then I help other people. So if like, if now I'm saying, listen, I'm not in a position right now to help um, say practically someone like I maybe used to I, I'm in a position where I'm receiving help practical help um, but that doesn't mean that later on I won't be pa- passing it on you know and then maybe helping someone else practically because I know what their situation is and I'm saying you don't have a lot of time let me create a bit of time for you and this help is you so that. big asking for help I think this is so it's so big. huge which um I just want to go back real quick onto something that I found amazing when you went through all of that, like you were pushing through and actually let's talk a little bit about you had the strategies, right? You were good and you've developed, you need to develop these strategies so that you can commit. But even then, when you commit, you develop these strategies, there's no other words. I'm going to say it, although it's a podcast, but sometimes shit hits the fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So could you share a little bit of the things that happened along the way that could have made you just drop the ball? Oh, yeah. I mean, my um, my dad died last year. Then my parents-in-law died in December. So sorry about that. In one week, one from cancer, and then my father-in-law three days later from COVID. Uh Obviously, there was the coronavirus that didn't that it got difficult because I was homeschooling and uh, my husband was away and we didn't at the beginning we didn't know if he was going to come back or when he was going to come back and there are a lot of families still stuck like that um, where one of the partners is in another country and they haven't been able to reunite. Um, so difficult. I got sick in January. And, he, and you know what? I'm grateful I had the strategies because it could have been like really catastrophic. But I think what happened was that there were so many things going on at the same time very quickly in December that I didn't ramp up the help fast enough. And that's what I would say is even if you have the strategies, I realized two things. One, I was still too close to my mod, to my limit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to, which, which is basically means I didn't have quite enough margin. I didn't, there just wasn't space for margin for unexpected events. That's so good. Having um, a buffer is important. Having a buffer. And also I think stress doesn't necessarily go away. You know, there's always going to be something stressful going on or, I think especially if you're trying to man juggle this role overwhelm and and working at the same time, trying to parent properly and be a good wife and this and this, there's a lot of demands. And um, I think 
being able to really tap into managing stress and meditating, but really like ramping it up. We're not talking, we're talking drip feeding it because I've had to do that, just drip feeding self-care, but also really having big moments. <laughs> there was a study that came out that those people who took hot, more holidays were less sick. I mean, I don't think we need a study to tell us that. <laughs> But it was interesting. I think it just came to me like, whoa, you know, taking breaks. That's important. It's important to yeah. rest your body. and Yeah. And so what was fascinating to me during that time, I was uh, really impressed, is that, yes, you, you, were, you, were, you said you needed to ramp up the level of help you needed. And I remember we were talking about that. For example, I remember at some point, it was like having a cleaning lady right? Yeah. Something new that you might, you might have not even thought about it, getting a cleaning lady, ramping, mm. up, ramping up that help, but as well, um, it's just mentally, what happened was so hard and you still managed to stay strong and committed. You never wanted to, I never heard you once say, Amel, I'm done. You never canceled any session. You never, like what kept you committed Despite of it, of course, we took a break when it was necessary. But in terms of mindset, you never gave up. So what kept you not give up? I think it was a combination of being passionate about this topic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think really finding something that really, really, really I'm passionate about. And also seeing the impact that it has for solo parenting parents. For parents, yeah. And just seeing how many families live where one of the partners travels a lot and how little it's talked about because there was just no resources out there when I started this. Yes. And just seeing the impact that it was having and, and people saying, you know, um, wow, this topic needs to be talked about and um, this is helping me so much. And um, that kept me going. Yeah, that kept me going. Yeah, seeing the transformation and seeing that people felt they weren't alone anymore, seeing that it was possible to actually stay in an intimate relationship. Actually, my motto is use the distance. Mm. So if your partner's gone, just make the most of developing your friendship with them, you know, because that's one of the key to a successful marriage. And, and um, you know, work on your projects. Um yeah, and parent together because that will that will be key as well. Yeah, that was helpful. One thing you've done, I don't know if you realize it, but I noticed you were really good at communicating um, on social media with your friends and with me when you were stuck. You were not keeping it for mm. you. You were mm. you were communicating so that people know, mm. you, and not in a pity way, almost in a fun way even the terrible covid situation you were in uh, even the times when you needed to go to a hospital because you were sick you communicated it without shame right well i think it's keeping it real right mm -hmm. it's keeping it real and i also wanted to write the book uh well I wrote the book while he was gone for longer periods of time. So we were really in split locations and I wanted to write it raw, you know, as sure as we say in French. 
So as I was living it, and I think that gave it a quality mm. of, you know, it was practically, Authentic, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, as I was researching and finding strategies that were working, and um, I talked to therapists as well, family therapists, marriage therapists, um, when I was researching my book, and all that fed into the book, and parenting specialists. And so it helped me, but it it was like, right, I'm I'm passing this on Amazing. as it's helping me. And so writing the book and researching it actually helped me keep going, but also um, sort of it. So, so yes, the book is really this kind of <laughs> it's 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 written in real time. Yeah, I think if I had to summarize, first of all, seeing the purpose, having a strong sense of purpose, is what kept you going. Yeah. And and for those who don't have that purpose, it can be very hard. So I yeah. really highly recommend to anyone in that place to get the life coaching or the mindset coaching you need to find that sense of purpose. And yes. once you have it, it's about those strategies that you shared on how to make it work without right. breaking down, right? Right. How to make it work. And then I see the third step is the accountability. I found like you have surrounded yourself with a lot of support but also accountability to not give up yes totally totally I I think knowing that I had support um helped enormously yeah, yeah so good yeah. I want to talk about the fun part as well like when Go you on, then. finished your book <laughs> yeah um what has happened oh my word well first of all I mean I've had so much so much support along the way uh, from as well from friends who have cheered me on from the beginning. And um, one of them turned out to be an amazing content um, editor as well. <laughs> She helped me at a very crucial time in the book and just people as well from um, families in global transition and other online coaches um, just cheering me on. And also part of the book Um, because the book isn't just my story. It's also stories from Sunday Schneider Bean, um, Vicky Tanner, Ute, Lima Hachibold, and um, lots, lots of um, also of, of, um, coaches and people who incidentally have also been solo parenting. <laughs> so it, it was very interesting to have that combination. Um, I've lost your question. Yeah, so what's happened? Yes, what has happened? Um, and then the book is out, which is so exciting. Um, and we've had a great launch. So, yeah, it's been fun. We've had, I've been on a few, um, there's been clubhouse conversations around this topic of solo parenting abroad. So everywhere I turn now, I'm seeing more conversations, which I love. I think that the fact that this topic is, um, you know, the topic of solo parenting abroad is coming up more. This is fantastic. That's amazing. Really excited about that. How about how your sons see you now? What are the comments you've heard? I, I remember there were some interesting comments oh, about yes. the book and because you involved <laughs> them in this journey. They saw you transform. Uh, yeah. What did my youngest say? He said, Oh, writing a book is like an addiction. She's all, <laughs> it's all about writing, writing, writing. <laughs> so the money. They must be so proud of you. No, they're they're proud. Yeah, yeah. And my husband is really happy that I found 
um, something that I enjoy doing, um, something that I can develop and grow in. And he's, he's proud of, yeah, the success of the book and the way that it's being received and that it's been written. Yeah. Yeah. Writing a book is a huge achievement and just amazing. And writing a book, knowing the circumstances and the lack of time, literally on Mm. paper, it didn't look like possible when we look at the number of hours per day and you did it. And I loved all the strategies you shared with us here. There's more to come in the book as well. You share so many great tips there, but what would be your final key take key message you want to share with those who say, I don't have the time. I really want to do this, but I don't have the time. What yeah. I, I think it's really important that even if you think you don't have the time, that it's really important. Even if it's five minutes a day to work on something that, that moves you towards your dream. It's really, really important. Breaking yeah. it down small baby steps. Absolutely. Yeah. Surrounding yeah. yourself. with. And the proof is, is you get there. Because I did. <laughs> exactly. So. so speaking of which, where can we find you? Uh, where can we get in touch with you, know more about you? Yeah, well, you can go to my website, www.amulticultureallife.com. And for any solo parenting uh, parents out there, there's a, a guide. So it's www.amulticultureallife.com slash guide. And then you can download a guide with five questions that will help you find solutions that will work in your own life and they'll help you parent together with your partner. Fantastic. So Nomad Nation, check it out. And I'll put all these links in the show notes of this episode. If it makes it easier, on tandemnomads.com slash 222, I'll link all the information of Rhoda and check out her great book, uh, Holding the Fort Abroad. Such an amazing achievement. Thank you for your inspiration, Rhoda. It's been such an amazing source of awe and inspiration to watch you in this amazing journey and thank you so much amel and thank you for your support throughout all of this process you've seen all the ups and downs (laughs) i loved it and thank you so much for your great insights nomad nation i hope you found lots of inspiration and that at this point when you feel like you don't have the time build in the strategies to make your goals happen your dreams happen and turn your challenges into great opportunities.